A Karen in the neighborhood scams her neighbors and steals from them for years so that she doesn't have to get a job and work. She doesn't care who she steals from and she doesn't care how much she screams at her neighbors for the little things they do like leaving their trash out. But this is how she got caught stealing money from her neighbors for all these years. And what happened to her afterwards was a lot more serious than you might expect. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. This happened years ago, 1985 to be exact. I was 45 years old when this happened and I'm 81 now. So after my second retirement I started doing property management. I bought this 2,500 square foot luxury home with the sole intention of renting it out. Now I didn't know how bad the homeowners association, the HOA was at the time, but when I became the owner I soon found out. This all took place in two years time. Karen would literally have a problem with everyone in the neighborhood. Trash cans left out? Find. Loud music after 10pm? Find. Yard sale without permission? Find. Removing dead plants and replanting without approval? You get fined. It went on and on like this. Now the community could run for the HOA board, but the HOA board chose the president. Six out of the ten members on the board liked Karen, so she always kept her job. Her husband was in the medical field, so he made a lot of money. It got to the point where she was called Queen Karen in the neighborhood and dishing out HOA fines. Now I used to go in person to collect the rent because the people that rented my house were good friends of mine. I did this for months. So I would park my car by the front of the garage. My friends and I would have some music on, but it wasn't even loud. And Queen Karen would come over driving her golf cart and would say, Excuse me? Yes? You have to turn that music down. It's too loud. I told her that it was 8 p.m. and that music, even loud, can be played until 10 p.m. She wasn't having it and demanded that I do so. Now my friends and I kept the music going and we were enjoying ourselves. She proceeded to get angry and find me. Now most people would just take this and pay the fine, but not me. I went to the HOA board and I contested the fine and I won. From that point on, Queen Karen made it her personal mission to destroy me. She would fuss and complain about every little thing. I fought what I could, but I did end up paying for some of it. She also went after my tenants, which made things worse for me. I had to sit down with one of my friends one night to discuss the problem. When I parked my car, Queen Karen came over in her robe and said that I have to park somewhere else. I did because I didn't want to start anything. We see her go back inside her house and embrace a man that isn't her husband. We were being noisy and came to the conclusion that she was cheating on her husband. And spoiler alert, she was. My friends and I told Queen Karen's husband. I'm sure he did some investigation because three months later they were divorced and he was moving his stuff out. Now gossip said that Queen Karen got nothing because she was the one that cheated and she didn't have a job. So she wasn't entitled to the money. From this point on, Queen Karen had a massive decline in the quality of life that she had. She sold her car and got a cheaper one, and she adopted different dressing habits. But even after the divorce, she still never got a job, and she was still living somewhat better than everyone else. Fast forward to 1986 in February, Queen Karen and the HOA had been giving out fines for very obscure things and increased the monthly dues. Having trash cans out a couple of hours early or after the trash man left would result in a fine. Targeting people that had older or dirty cars, and it goes on and on. Me and the other people in the community were sick of the nonsense that she and the HOA were pulling. So at the next meeting, we made ourselves heard. We voiced our concerns. Queen Karen said that the community had been falling behind on repairs
stories and that dues and increases in fines were necessary, especially if people weren't maintaining their own property. She said that it was in the yearly budget report and that we should have read it. The other pissed off residents and I go read the statement. Before, none of us read it because we take it as junk mail and we just disregard it. But now, we read the whole statement cover to cover. The Queen Karen had increased the HOA budget by 15% and where that extra money was going remained unknown. We went over to her house the next day and demanded to know where the extra money was being spent, but she refused several times. She closed the door and went back to watching TV. We started filing a joint lawsuit to find out where the money was going. In June, we found out. Cue the revenge. Queen Karen was living off of HOA fines and dues. The increase is because she was running out of money. She didn't have a job, so she embezzled from the HOA so she wouldn't have to get a job. And she got busted. We called the police for her embezzling the money. She was charged with fraud and extortion. The neighbors and I filed a joint lawsuit against Karen to get reimbursement as well because she had no money, so she had to mortgage her house to pay us all. She later went to federal prison for six years with no parole. Because she went away, no one was paying on her house. The bank foreclosed on it and it was bought by someone else. So when she got out in 1992, she was homeless. Honestly, the majority of us did not want to ruin her life like this. Had she toned down the excessive fines, we would have let her be. But she had to double down and steal from us because she didn't want to get a job like everyone else. So was I the jerk? So obviously it's sad that she had to be homeless after she got out of prison in 1992, but it's hard to feel a ton of sympathy for somebody who's been scamming and stealing from people who in their own lives may have been struggling. I'm sure at least some of those people in the neighborhood were barely getting by and this lady, this Queen Karen, took advantage of that so that she didn't have to work so she could get free money. We see a few different versions of this quote pop up from time to time in these types of stories and one of the top responses to this was a version of that quote saying, you can be a jerk and get away with it or you can be a crook and get away with it. But it's much harder to be a crook and a jerk at the same time and get away with it. And also never break more than one law at a time. One little side note in this is that the OP, the original poster here, says that because she was the one that cheated and she didn't have a job, she wasn't entitled to the money. So he says that Queen Karen got nothing because of that. But it sounds like she ended up with the house despite being the one who cheated in the situation and that ruling in the ex-husband's favor because she wouldn't have a house to lose if she didn't have a house after the divorce. So if you had a house and you had an HOA that was scamming you like this over a long period of time and you found out that you had paid them thousands of dollars over the years, how would you handle it? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for refusing to let my husband's mom nap in my room? My husband's mom moved in with us a week ago. The minute we were informed she was going to move in temporarily until our house gets renovated, we've emptied out a room specifically for her. It has everything. A bed with a frame, curtains, mounted TV, wardrobe, etc. She was thrilled with it and loved it a lot. One day I came home and found her in my bedroom, sleeping in my, my husband's bed. I was confused, but she told me she took a nap on the bed and lost track of time. Since then, she started talking about how she loved the nap there and started hinting that she wants to take naps in the bedroom from now on. I kept ignoring her comments until my husband sat me down and told me that his mom really liked it and got used to napping in our bedroom and we should just let her have her daily afternoon nap in the room. I said, absolutely not. And we started debating. I told him his mom is being ridiculous because she has a whole room upstairs where she could nap. He got upset and said that I was making his mom feel uncomfortable and unwelcome with this attitude. I said no and refused to negotiate. He called me selfish and mean for saying no and preventing his mom from feeling more comfortable at his house. But I reminded him that I pay full mortgage for the house while he blows his money on gadgets and consoles. He accused 
accuse me of bringing up old disagreements in this current conflict to use against him. I said no again and that he should stop pushing because I need the room for when I get home and I feel exhausted from working on my feet since 6 a.m. He's refusing to speak to me until I agree and let his mom have her nap in there. Am I the jerk for choosing this hill to die on? Am I being difficult? Is the bed or the environment really that much better in this room? Maybe the solution is getting a better bed for the mom in the other room. If the OP and her husband have some sort of crazy tempurpedic foam fitting bed or something, maybe that's what the mom should say instead of just going in there and sleeping on it. But there's no reason given as to why she wants to use the same bed that her son and his wife use, which is pretty strange. It definitely doesn't seem productive to go into the whole, this is my house, this is your house, I pay for this, you pay for that conversation, because that just devolves into nothing actually getting solved. It's usually just a distraction to whatever the core issue is here. But if this was your partner's mom and she kept wanting to sleep in your bed while you were at work and then you came home and you couldn't use your own bed, how would you act? Jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for correcting a co-worker that chocolate milk does not come from brown cows and potentially losing my job over this? I can't believe I have to write this, but I don't know whether or not I'm actually this insensitive during this time and age or if this is an extreme overreaction. But I'm going to let you guys decide because I'm going to assume that you guys are more emotionally savvy about this topic. So here we go. About two weeks ago, me and another co-worker were talking about the topic of chocolate milk. And well, she is one of the 10% of Americans that actually believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Correction, apparently it's 7.4% of Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I admit that I goffed a bit, to which she took some offense to, but I ended up apologizing and telling her that I thought she was being a bit silly and told her that chocolate milk is actually just regular milk with chocolate syrup, to which she got defensive and said that she didn't believe me. So I asked her if I can show her proof that she was wrong, and she dared me to do so. So I bought regular milk and chocolate syrup from a nearby store during my lunch. I mixed it up and gave it to her to drink. She ended up drinking it and just left in a huff. Apparently, she just told our shift manager she was leaving for the day because she felt attacked by me and demanded that she needed a mental day, to which the shift manager didn't approve of, but she left anyway. So, whatever. Apparently, this whole thing got everyone else's attention because my co-worker made such a big scene about it that it apparently attracted the attention of my store manager, who had to personally call me to his office yesterday and tell me about what happened that day. I didn't know at the time, but I really offended that poor co-worker of mine so much that she even told my store manager about how she couldn't work with me anymore and that she even reported me to human resources for, quote, discriminating against her beliefs. And then apparently, I caused enough mental damage that she couldn't even go back to work due to how much I humiliated her over chocolate milk. My store manager even wrote me up and warned me that the next time I acted in such an offensive manner, I would be fired. I mean, I'm already quitting and starting a new job anyway, but I'm worried about whether or not I'm actually the jerk for this and if I should be more careful at my next job. So, am I the jerk? Somehow, I don't know if I believe that 7.4% of Americans think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. If this is true, people think that cows produce a chocolatey flavor? That can't be true. So if this co-worker is one of these people that thinks that chocolate milk comes from brown cows, I don't exactly see how showing her that chocolate milk can be made in another way would disprove that it didn't also come from brown cows, but apparently that was enough evidence that she needed to leave, demand that she not work with the OP anymore, and take a day for her mental damage, and to get away from the person that was, quote, discriminating against her beliefs. It's probably a lot more likely that this co-worker doesn't care about chocolate milk at all and just wants to take a day off of work, I'm guessing, unless she's in some sort of chocolate milk religion or something. But let me know how you would handle the situation down below, and is the OP the jerk or not for shattering her 
co-workers reality about where chocolate milk comes from. Am I the jerk for banning a player from our LARP for drama? I'll spare a lot of details since not everybody is familiar with LARPs. Live action role playing. We run a game that meets quite often for several years. Two months ago, a player I'll call Steph joined and her conflict is with a veteran player I'll call Tony. Tony befriended Steph out of the game, taught her more about our LARP and offered to help her get settled. This lasted about two weeks and their in-game character spent a lot of time together, acting as friends in-game. Tony's character invited Steph to go to a secluded place and then proceeded to, along with a character played by one of our moderators, murder her character with no warning aside from the mandatory signals according to our rules, citing an in-game character grudge as the reason for the kill. He then justifies his actions out of game and explained that getting close to her in-game was for that plan. Since we run permadeath rules, Steph lost all of her progress and has to start fresh on a new character, a new gear, and new in-game relationships. Our rules allow for this PvP, player versus player action, and the entire staff backed up Tony and Ralph's actions, as they followed our rules regarding player kills, and our moderators who play characters are bound to the same rules. Steph, however, was furious because the culture at our LARP has not been 100% competitive. There are sort of unwritten rules, as there has been no PvP kills before, that were not either consented to out of game or clearly signaled in advance, i.e. characters receiving death threat letters, players PvPing a known murderer and losing, and Steph just hated that this was sprung on her with no opportunity for her to be able to avoid it. She then left and texted the other players who she was friends with that she was leaving and complained about Tony's behavior and what had happened. Immersion is very important to our group and we avoid talking about in-game information out of game. And Steph was doing so by telling multiple people that her character had been murdered by whom, where, and how, which is against our rules. She did have valid concerns, however, and so the staff team asked Steph to not contact any more of our players regarding the issue while we discuss what to do first. We also didn't want this to blow out into a big community fight as we've lost many players over the years due to issues similar to this. The team then found out that Steph continued to vent to other players that were her out-of-game friends about the issue. Our organizer's team saw this as disrespectful to our events rules and the entire community for continuing to break our rules even when asked to stop. We banned her from coming back to our events and to prevent drama, let the rumor that she simply left stay in place. Now she's texted everyone whose contact deal she has about what's happened and a few more players have been asking us why she was banned. So, am I the jerk for banning a player from our LARP because of drama? The world of LARPing seems like it's a whole other planet in terms of RPGs and there's actually a little bit of insight given by somebody in response saying that LARP groups, especially Vampire the Masquerade, apparently sometimes develop cult-like power dynamics where new players are mistreated in favor of the group's golden children and narcissists. This veteran character promised the newbie out of game that he would be her friend and show her the ropes. In my opinion, that's using an out-of-character connection to gain in-character trust, and by OP's logic, he should also be banned for this meta nonsense. That's actually the very first thing I thought of when I saw this, because even though I've never LARP before, I have played quite a bit of GTA RP, and in most GTA RP servers, you cannot metagame, power game, do random deathmatch, RDM, and what happened in this situation definitely falls under the category of metagaming, because he's using outside information to influence what's happening in-game. One of the most popular servers defines metagaming as purposely using or relaying information which your character did not learn in-game. That can be anything from talking to the person in real life, Twitch chats, Discord channels, in order to shape game roleplay. For example, using what you've learned from other streams and chats or players to make large leaps in speculation 
conversation to end up knowing how things work. And in this case, it's kind of the opposite, but the same logic applies. The mod was giving her information and then went into the game and used that against her to ultimately set her up so that she was vulnerable and didn't have any defenses and then could be taken down. So this definitely seems hypocritical on the part of this LARPing group and the decisions that they made in order to ban this person when it obviously seems like they're doing the exact same thing just in a slightly different way. But whether or not you know anything about role-playing games, let me know how you see the situation and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for telling my in-laws about what their son's girlfriend did to my son's blanket? I'm a 33-year-old female and I found out that my ex-husband, who's 37, was cheating on me when I was seven months pregnant with our son. I got a divorce and we share custody of our three-year-old son. My ex-husband's girlfriend tried to get involved in my parenting several times. She even commented on my son's name, implying that we should agree on a name we all want and not just what I wanted, and tried to dictate what he should and shouldn't have. As a result, she started throwing stuff away of his that I paid for myself. Honestly, it's frustrating that I'm barely getting by with the money I have and I cannot afford to buy replacements for all of the stuff that she has thrown away. But my ex-husband says that it's her house and she gets to decide what can and can't enter. I made a crochet blanket for my son with his name on it. This blanket is special to me and the tools that I used to be able to make it cost me money, not to mention the time and effort that it took to make it. I sent my son to stay with his dad a few days ago and he wanted to take the blanket with him to sleep. I don't know exactly what happened, but when I came to pick him up, he told me that his dad's girlfriend took the blanket away from him and threw it out, leaving him with no blanket to sleep with at night as punishment for him not accepting the one that she offered. I was furious. I called his dad, but he hung up on me. I sent him a text explaining the situation, but he texted back telling me that I should stop the drama and find a job if I have so much free time on my hands instead of picking on his girlfriend. I felt frustrated. I visited his family who are good to me and told them about what their son's girlfriend did. Now it's worth mentioning that she's been working hard for their approval and trying to get on their good side. They were shocked to know what she did. They all flipped out on her and started calling her out. My sister-in-law took it further by putting this on social media, which made other family members see what she did. My ex-husband called me yelling about my pathetic attempt to turn his family against his girlfriend, and I could hear her freaking out in the background while lashing out, saying that I ruined every chance she had to have a good relationship with her future in-laws. I hung up and felt absolutely horrible, even though I was just venting to his family about what happened and I felt frustrated. Maybe I shouldn't have told them. I'm not sure anymore since the whole family isn't speaking to her since that might have had a lasting impact on their relationship with her. So am I the jerk? Okay, so first off, the outcome to her actions is not on the OP. The far more important part to this whole thing is the effect that it's having on this little kid. He's three years old and he just wants the blanket that he knows is from his mom. And this lady throws away a handmade blanket that he obviously has an emotional attachment to as punishment. That's all you need to know. Whatever comes as a consequence of that to her and her relationship with her future in-laws, referring to the girlfriend, is all on her. The OP's number one priority is to protect the mental state and development of her tiny child who's only three years old. So she shouldn't feel bad about protecting her son no matter what the cost is to the girlfriend. But maybe you see this differently. Let me know how you interpret this and jerk or not a jerk. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free. Cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.